Thank you for connecting to this podcast from Faith Renewed Outreach Center. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. Uh, one of the things we do here every week, if you, if you don't come uh, weekly, we do this. We go to the Word of God. Amen? We go, to, we go to the Word. So if you got your Bible, hold it up. It may be digital. It may be old school. <clears throat> Either or, man, it's awesome. If for some reason you don't have it with you, it'll be on the screen today free of charge. So take this. Go to 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings chapter 19. We get a little bit excited about the Word around here. Um, First Kings is right before Second Kings, if you're looking, if you're wondering where that may be. Um, this, is, uh, this is old school. Sure enough, First Kings Old Testament, page 470 <laughs> is uh, where you'll find that. So First uh, Kings. Today, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm teaching from another passage today that I've never spoken from. Um, it's, it's kind of strange. He's been doing that through this series. I've been teaching some, from some passages that I've never taught from. Um, and so uh, God just been showing me some things in these passages uh, about some great men and women of God, but some things that uh, maybe we haven't looked at from these guys in the past. So uh, this is in 1 Kings chapter 19. I'm going to read a little more than, than I may typically would in this first opening time of uh, Bible, but just um, hang on. Uh, we're going to go chapter 19, verses 1 through 18. When you got it, say amen. Let's do it. Y'all, y'all missed it. Let's do it. Amen. Let's do it. Okay, good. That was better. <clears throat> that was better. Verse 1 says this. It says, and Ahab told Jezebel. That's sorry, Jezebel. She'll show up in some stuff and mess up all kind of stuff, man. And told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. Also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life as a life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. Saying some big words here, making some big challenges uh, to Elijah. Verse 3, And when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life and went to Beersheba, where he, uh, which belongs to Judah, and left his servants there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he prayed that he might die and said, It is enough now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. Then as he lay and slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. Then he looked, and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. How convenient. Amen. So he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and ate and drank and he went into the strength that the food 40 days and 40 nights as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. And there he went into a cave and spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? So he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. 
Kind of sounds familiar to us sometimes. That you think you're the only one in this thing. <clears throat> we think we're the only ones in this mess. But uh, listen to what he says. He says, Then said, Go out, stand on the mountain before the Lord, <clears throat> and behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. So it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. Suddenly a voice came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts because the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, killed your prophets with the sword, and I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Don't you think sometimes God said, didn't you just tell me that? I already heard that. I'm asking you something else. Again, trying to take him somewhere. Then the Lord said to him, Go returning, uh, go return your way to the wilderness in Damascus, and when you arrive, anoint Haziel, king over Syria. Also, you shall anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, as king over Israel, and Elisha, the son of Shaphat, these are some big words right here, and Abel Meholah, uh, you shall anoint as prophet in your place. Verse 17, and it shall be that whoever escapes the sword of Hazel, Jehu will kill, and whoever escapes the sword of Jehu, Elisha will kill. Yet I have reserved 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. I'm tired. I need to lay down after all that. <clears throat> um, wow. Let's bask by our hands and pray. Uh, Father, we want to thank you, Lord, for, um, for what you're doing in this, this, this place, God. And thank you for what you're doing in this church. And... Um, God, I give you thanks right now for each person that you brought into this room and put underneath the sound of my voice today, God. And I pray, Lord, that, Lord, as I speak today, <clears throat> as, I, as I share words today, God, that you'll speak into each heart. God, I pray that each person may hear your voice today, God. And I pray, Lord, that they'll hear when you speak and call their name, God. And I just thank you, Lord, that uh, in this room, God, are many overcomers. God, and we're overcomers because you overcame, Lord. And we're in you and in Christ, Lord. So we just celebrate that today, God, for maybe... Someone who's listening today, God, who uh, doesn't have a relationship with you, Lord, let this be the day of salvation for them. Lord, let this be the day they quit running from you and turn to you, God. And I just thank you for all that you're going to do, Lord, and all that you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, man, I love you. That is awesome, man. I can feel the love. Amen. I am uh, I'm pumped today, man. I'm excited. Uh, we're, in this, we're in this series called Overcomer, and we've been hanging out here for a while just because the Lord just keeps showing, showing me things that, uh, to keep speaking and keep sharing. So uh, as we today continue in this series <clears throat> on being an overcomer, um, I, I want to today talk about something that we uh, haven't, haven't really discussed much during this. I want to talk about overcoming failure. And, uh, and anybody in this room ever, ever failed? Let the hand be raised, amen? If your hand's not up, you're not honest. Um, so uh, you, uh, that's a failure right there. So, uh, but just, um, I-, I want you to know that, I want you to hear this real strong. Uh, please grab this, uh, th- these words, failure isn't final. 
Please hear it. Failure isn't final. Um, and, and, and it's just amazing. It seems like, again, we have in our life, sometimes it just seems like, man, this series of failures just kind of just pile up on us. Uh, it just, and it starts from like day one. Uh, you probably don't remember this, but there was a time when you was in your mama. And, uh, and, and during that time, and mama, man, you know, you're in this little place in there and, and you're just, in, just enjoying this time. We're, we're going to have a, a time of celebration and a baby shower after service for one of the couples here. And, uh, and I, I've been able to go by a hospital recently for another that came into the, through the world. And, and it's just amazing to kind of think about just that whole process of the miracle of life. I mean, really, it is. It's, it's an amazing thing. And, uh, and, as, and, you know, we were talking about just even during that song just a few moments ago, thinking about that he made all of this. He knows all the things that are going on in this earth, and yet he still knows us intimately and can personally, he personally can call us by name. Wow. I mean, it's, it's sometimes just even difficult to remember all your kids' names. And uh, you usually have to start at the oldest by the time you get down to the one at the youngest. I mean, I'm the youngest of four, so my name got called like fourth on the list. So literally, David, Tim, Tommy, Terry, I mean, before they got to me, just how it works. But think about this for a moment. We serve this God who knows every detail of our life. And we were in this womb, and I mean, you're hanging out in there for like nine months, and you're like growing in there, and everything just seems to be just going awesome. I mean, here it is. You got this little thing hooked to you that's feeding you all the time. And I mean, it's just nourishing you. And indeed, and you're just, you know, just to think about that little bundle in there that's, that's just growing. And sometimes you want to get it out, you know, but, you know, but just, but, but moms, you can connect with this. This little life is inside of you. And then all of a sudden, it just seems like everything changes. I mean, you're in there, you're cozy, you got it made, man, you're just, just doing your thing. And all of a sudden, there seems to be a shake-up going on on the inside, and you feel yourself going, I mean, down, and you're like, no, don't do this, don't do this. And you're trying to hang on, and then, and it's why this process can be so difficult sometimes. I mean, it's why, the, you know, a doctor's saying, push and yelling, come on, squeeze, push, come on, breathe, do your thing. And that baby's saying, no, I mean, it's just hanging, it's wanting to come and then it's all of a sudden all the just the love and the, all the nurse that you've gotten so used to you come into this crazy world i mean here it was the lighting was perfect in there <laughs> i mean it was just beautiful in there you was having a great time and all of a sudden you come out all these bright lights all these people's looking at you and all of a sudden you're screaming and yelling and if you're not screaming and yelling they start smacking you I mean, you think, you're going, come on, man. You're going, come on. And all of a sudden, they start smacking on you. So you're like, I guess all I got to do is scream. They'll leave me alone. So you start screaming. And then it just seems like all of a sudden, this events begin to unfold in your life. I mean, you just, it was like one after another. You start just, I mean, you're, you're, you're thinking, man, I'm, I'm getting ready to make this thing happen. You're thinking you're getting ready to communicate with this person who keeps holding you all the time. And so you're trying to tell them something they ain't getting it. So you go back to that screaming thing. Screaming thing just works, you know. And, and when the screaming thing is, they'll go through all this list. You're screaming, saying, give me some bottle. And they're checking diapers. And they're they pulling, saying, smelling. I mean, all kind of stuff's going on during this process. Your parents know what I'm talking about. But it's just amazing. And then you do this. You come to that place to where you're ready to make some changes in your life and you're ready to start walking. And then you start walking and then what happens? You start tripping. 
And it just seems like, man, you're getting up and you're trying to go and you're all wobbly. And then it just seems like, man, I'm going to do this this time. And your legs finally get some strength and they're shaking and, and, you, and you, you're trying to get it. And then you're going to try to, you, you're ready to take one, man. You're ready to go. It's on, man. All of a sudden you fall. It's a failure. <laughs> then you get up and then you start doing this, man. It becomes that joyous time in your life. Well, you get to use a potty. I'm serious, man. I mean, it just like joy. I mean, so you're thinking, man, I've got this. And then you go to the potty, and then you go, and then you get ready. You're excited. Everybody's celebrating. They're posting it on Instagram and Facebook all the time that you, man, you've made the potty, man. You're here. And then you're celebrating, and you're excited, and all of a sudden, oops. <laughs> Accident, man, failure. And it just seems like, I mean, some of y'all still struggle with that, but just, it just happens over and over and over and over and over. And then they do this. Then they do this. They send you to school. And then you know what that's like. And then that happens. And then, then you do this, and then you get older, and then you, you're thinking, man, all right, I finally got this together. You get out of school. You got a degree. You're excited. You're going to do something, and then you get married. And then you're like, oh, dear Lord, I got this. Then failures, and it just falls, and there's different things that happen. And then you do this, then you have your own kids. And then you get to see the failures. And that kind of just seems like life sometimes. We have all these failures. But, but listen, I think if we'll, if we'll do this, if we don't stop, God will show us something in the failures. He'll, he'll show us and reveal himself. C.S. Lewis says something pretty strong. He said, failures are the finger post on the board to it, on the road to achievement. Failures are the finger post on the road to achievement. Finger post, one of those signs, it looks like a, like, a, like a finger and it's pointing you in a direction. Listen to me. Some of you right now, you, you failed, and there's, there's, there's situations that you've dropped the ball, and you've missed it, and you're looking back, and you're saying, man, I, 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 I want to quit. I want to stop. I want to give it up. But listen, keep going. Listen to what he can show you in, in the failures as we look at this. And it's amazing. I heard a statistic about Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth led the major leagues in home runs and strikeouts four times simultaneously together. Dude hit more home runs than anybody else, but also hit more, he also struck out more than anybody else as well. It was because he was willing to do this. He was willing to get up and swing and do something. And so today, as, as we talk about preach on Elijah, Elijah's one of them dudes, again, I've preached on this guy many times. Elijah has some powerful, powerful stories in Scripture. He has some stories, man, that just blow your mind. He's supernaturally being fed. And uh, just, I mean, he stood up. This happened right before our text today. He stood up against King Ahab in King's palace and just come up against the guy and refused to back down. This is the guy who called fire down from heaven. Uh, literally, there had been a drought for years, and he comes up and believes that God's getting ready to show up and just move on his behalf. And he trusted God. He's, he just believed that God was going to move. And so he does this. He comes and he, he speaks and he trusts in God. And the fire of God comes and consumes the sacrifice. Great story. Read it. Read up before this, this passage today. Some cool stuff. He slays 450 prophets of Baal. He is, I mean, he literally is the man. If anybody should be at a place to where, man, chest bowed up, trusting God, believing how great God is, and just, I mean, literally walking that out, it should be Elijah. But then you see something happen. A woman named Jezebel. Guys, watch out. Guys, watch out. Uh, there, is a, there is a still a Jezebel spirit that's at work today in our world. 
Uh, the enemy is still using that spirit of Jezebel. And uh, I won't stay there alone, but just to begin, be mindful, be careful of how the enemy will work. And you'll see this happen. It can be in some of the greatest moments in your life that you get relaxed that Jezebel will show up. When you think all's good and then, then everything's okay and then you can trust God, keep moving, and then you see the enemy move in. This is what Jezebel did. Jezebel spoke some things to Elijah that really, if anything, this should have got him to a place to where he was like, are you kidding me? Did you not just see what happened with the 450 prophets? But he did this. After all the great things that, he had done through, that God had done through him, all the incredible things that he had got to see with his own eyes, the enemy comes in and attacks and sends him running. Now, it's, it's, it's wild to think about the failure here that he, he ends up in literally coming to a place where he wants to die. I mean, where he wants to just literally leave this earth and he wants to die. I mean, he's done all this great things. Again, God's done these things through him. And he ends up in this place and he takes off running. We see it again. We see the Lord show up again on his behalf. We see the Spirit of God supernaturally feed him again, meet his needs, and just show up. And then hopefully you, you think this is going to do something for him. You think this is going like, to build his faith again and it's going to help him to be able to get back out and go back out there again and start doing something great for God. But what it does is this, it still puts him in a place of pity and failure. Even so much so that he does this. He goes out and begins to speak and say things and begin to talk to God and say stuff to him that, I mean, they're not true, first of all. He thinks he's the only one out there that's still believing in God. You know, at the end of the story, there's, there's 7,000 out there that are out there ready to move forward but need somebody to lead them. You never know the impact you may have on others around you. You never know what God can make it do through you. But then he does this. He comes in, and he comes in his place, and then the enemy comes in and attacks him. He goes. God shows up, speaks to him, and he goes out on this journey. And it's, it's a trip. It, the, the Scripture says that he spent 40 days out there wandering. If you look at the maps and kind of lay out how this would be, this would typically be about a seven or eight day journey. So again, another journey like we see in scriptures on several occasions should not have took, taken near as long as they did, but he was out wandering. And then he finds himself in this place. And let's look at verse 9 real quick. He finds himself in verse 9. It says, There he went into a cave, and he spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Now, we see the grace of God in this story an awful lot. We have this guy who, uh, again, great things for God. Got once, once, I guess, one thing spoken into over his life, and he grabbed hold of that one thing and allowed him to send him on this journey of failure. He finds some place out here, and he's, he's saying, man, just kill me. Take me now. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to end this thing. And God shows up in his life, and he asks him the question, what are you doing here? And I, and I want us to hit, hear that because I, I think so many times we do this. We allow our failure, we allow our fault to put us in a position and place that we should have never been to, and then we use it as an excuse to stay there. Hear it. Hear that. We use it as an excuse to stay where we're at. But listen, God's speaking something to you today. Listen, don't stay where you're at. 
He's trying to call you into something that you've never encountered before. And listen, don't let your failure be the thing that keeps you where you are. So I'm going to give you a few things today, if you're taking notes, uh, that we see in this story that just hit me. Again, never spoken from this story, uh, but that are pretty strong. Three things that we see to overcome failure, uh, and we see it in this story here. The first one is this, in verse 11. Verse 11 says this, Then he said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, and behold, the Lord passed by a great and strong wind toward the mountains. We'll, we'll hit that in a second. But the first thing that we see here is this. He tells him to go out. He tells him to go out. He tells him to go out. We're seeing in this thing, Elijah is standing here. He's in this cave. He's in this place. And this represents a lot of things. This represents his attempt to bring protection and provision into his life. This represents his, his feeble attempt to think this, that if he could go and he could withdraw and he could pull back, this would be the thing that can protect him. And this is exactly how the enemy works. I've watched this happen, man. I've seen people come in and get fired up from, for God, man. The Spirit of God work in their life. The anointing and the presence of God literally be heavy on them. Actually watch them lay hands on people and the Holy Spirit work through them. It is incredible. And then something happened in their life, some form of failure, some attempt and of, of, uh, uh, that, that the enemy uses in some way, and it causes them to do this. It causes them to retreat and pull back, and they're hiding in this place. And we as a church have literally, I've, we've done this. We've done everything we can. I've, I've watched you guys. I mean, it's amazing. I've watched you guys get out in front of the cave of these guys and literally try to call them out. I've watched you pray for them. I've watched you come to altars and just, just literally intercede for some of these that are in this place of the cave and they're hiding and they're out there in their own thing trying to do their own way. And it's just amazing. So many times. Every attempt that we do, everything that we try, and every way that we try to pull someone out, we look and they're still in there. And we're going, man, why are you still there? That's what God's saying to Elijah. Why, why are you here? And why are you in this place? And again, there's so much representing the story that we see in this, that the enemy, Elijah's trying in every way, his own human strategy, his own solutions, his own way to try to figure out how to bring protection to himself. And God is speaking to him, and he's telling him to do this. He's telling him to go out. Listen, you can't stay where you're at. You can't stay where you're at. Are you going to fail and fall? Yeah, Absolutely. I'm not trying to prophesy something over your life, but listen, until you get to glory, we're going to live in this world and we're going to miss it sometimes. It's just the truth. We're going to drop the ball. Do we, do we use it as an excuse or do we just say, well, I'm going to trust the grace of God and I don't, so I don't have to live a certain way? No, we, we in every way that we can, we should serve God and use every bit of ounce of strength he puts in us. See, I mean, that, y'all was way too quiet. That was a decent little thing I just said there. I mean, that, everything that you have, we should use it. If he put breath in you, you should use it to glorify God. If he put life inside of you, you should use it to worship him, please him, do all the things. Pastor Chris was talking about there are just some basics as a believer that we should walk out as his disciples. We should do those things. We should pursue him. We should do all those things. But listen, it's the moments when you fail and you miss it, the enemy will try to do this. He'll try to get you to retrieve and then come to the place to where you're just closed out and God's calling you out of that mess. He's calling you out of that. There's, there's some of you that are, in, that, and I don't want to get start meddling or nothing, but listen, there's some of you that have dropped the ball in some serious areas of your life, and you think it's over. 
Listen to me. If you'll, use, if you'll allow God to use it, listen, it can be the greatest ministry tool you've ever had. I'm t- I've watched this. I've watched drug addicts that have struggled for years that God brings them out of that and God used that to be the greatest mer- ministry of their life. It's amazing. I've watched people with failed marriages who, who have struggled and, and went through divorce and thought it was over and thought, man, there's no way God can use me. And God come in in that situation and use their greatest failure for his greatest good. And it's amazing. If you'll just allow him to do that, and, and, and you have to come to a place, but you can't do this. You can't stay where you're at. And, 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 and in that place and in that position of woe is me, and I, don't, I can't do this, and, and if nobody loves me, and I can't do this, you've got to come out of that mess. He said, go out. And he's calling us today to come out of those things, and we've got to come out in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The second thing is this. Thank you, man. The uh, second thing is this. He said, go out and stand. Go out and stand. We've got to go out and stand. Now listen, you don't have to know every detail. You don't have to know every situation. You just got to move when he says move. That's all you, you got to do. You got to be able to just move. And so many of us, we want this whole big diagram laid out and tell us what's next. You need to trust him. It's called faith. You need to get to the place where you step out. So he does this. He's saying go out and he's saying stand. Love this. Love this. Thomas Edison said this. He said, I have not failed. I have just found 10,000 ways that won't work. I mean, that's so cool. I've not failed. I've found just 10,000 ways it won't work. So listen, if you fail, if you drop, you get up. There's no telling. I'm telling you, it's, it's amazing to me. I sit back and I think we, we limit God in so many ways. There are creators and designers and engineers. And there are people that God wants to use. There are millionaires waiting to happen in this church. Somebody's going to grab hold of that. Somebody's going to go to the grave. <laughs> Nothing in the bank. Y'all, I'm going to tell you, you got to grab hold of a word when it comes forth. And uh, so, I mean, he literally, in this place, there's so many things in us that God is trying to use. If we'll step out in faith and we see this and he's telling you to get up and to stand. And this is what happens. I just, I mean, uh, y'all, y'all don't go there too much, man, but y'all know I love me some Rocky movies, man. And just, I mean, I've just, I've just, just it's just a powerful thing, man. Rocky getting his honey wore out, waxed, and he's laying on the floor and Mickey's yelling at him and trying to get him up and he's all on this kind of stuff. Get out, right? I mean, it's just awesome. I mean, he's trying to get, get up. And so he's got, he's telling him this. Listen, you can't win laying on the ground. You can't win laying on the ground. And he's telling this to stand. And sometimes, listen, that is the victory. That is, sometimes that is the victory. You standing. You stand, just everything else has fallen, everything else has failed around you. I mean, and it's just crazy. All, all hell's breaking loose. All this chaos is going on in your life. The, the clouds are swirling around you. And all of a sudden, it just begins to fade away and the dust begins to settle. You still there. You standing is the victory. Listen, he says to stand. Look at Ephesians 6. Uh, powerful, powerful passage of Scripture. He says this in Ephesians 6. Uh, we've done series on it. Look up and listen. go back and listen to these series that we've done on spiritual armor. He's telling us this. He says in Ephesians 6.10, he said, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. 
For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And he says this, Therefore take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand, stand. Come on, say that, say stand. He's telling you, he says stand. Verse 14 says stand, therefore having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all taking the shield of faith, which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Listen, do you realize, listen, that he's provided everything that you need? He's provided everything that you need to fight the fight of faith that you're in right now. And he gives us, he gives us every, I mean, literally every piece of armor that we need. And, and literally, just remember, it's always on the front. There ain't nothing back there. There's a reason. There's a reason. Because you're supposed to be facing your enemy. There's a reason because you're supposed to be going forward, not like this. Not, not, not. So he gives us no butt plate of righteousness. He gives us a breastplate of righteousness. He gives us everything we need in Christ to move forward and come against the enemy. And listen, you can't do that laying down. I mean, I just, I, I can get, if I can get this in you, man, God, let this get in our hearts. Listen, you cannot do that laying down. You're not going to be able to do what God's called you to do laying down. He's, he's calling you today. He's telling you to come out. And he's telling you to stand in him and stand in faith and trust him and trust what he's going to do in your life. I, I just believe this. Thomas Watson said this. He said, if you stand up and be counted from time to time, you may get yourself knocked down. But remember this. A man flattened by an opponent can get up again. But a man flattened by conformity stays down for good. Hear it. Listen, whatever it is today is trying to bring you down. It could have been your fault. And you're thinking this today. I don't deserve to move forward in Christ. I don't deserve these things. I don't deserve to be blessed. I don't deserve to be a millionaire. I don't deserve none of those things. You're right. You're right. Listen, God loves you anyway. And he's got a plan for your life. And he's calling you to do this. He's telling you to come out and to stand in him and stand in faith. And the next thing that we see in this, in the third and final one is this. So we've got to learn to listen. We've got to learn to listen. We, we, we have to come. We've got to learn to do this. We've got to trust the voice of God. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just as, as quick to fail in this area as you. I trust the GPS voice more than I trust the voice of God sometimes. I mean, I, and now they're on their phones and they're on everything that you've got and you have all this stuff and you just click the button and it's telling you, and it's, it's amazing. We have faith in this technology somewhere of some satellite up there in, in the sky that's directing us and going all these types of things. I, I don't know if we even realize this. There's a God up in heaven that created the one who created the satellite. There's a God up in heaven who actually created the heavens that the satellite was put into. We got a God who's up there who's created it all. And listen, you can trust his voice. This is what you got to do. You got to learn to listen. 
And I, I, I'm just, I'm thankful for the story. I don't know why I've never preached from it. I, I'm thankful for the story. Because in this story, I think so many times uh, we do this just like Elijah. We want to look for him in the miraculous. I love the miraculous, man. I'm praying for more miraculous. I'm praying for more supernatural in this church, man. I'm telling you, I, I'm, I'm believing. I believe we've already seen cancer healed in this church. I believe we've already seen uh, the lame walk in this church, the blind see the deaf. I already believe, I'm believing. I'm, yeah, I'm asking God for more of us, one of my prayers. But listen to me. Sometimes you don't need all those things. You know, the most miraculous thing that you can have is God's presence speaking into your life. And he's given us his word. He's given us his word that we can listen to, we can hear, and we can trust him. And it's amazing. This, this story is, is a trip. You see Elijah there, and you're seeing this earthquake, and you're thinking, man, he's got to be thinking in his mind, man, God's getting ready to just speak to me, and this is God right here, and God's doing his thing. And the, and the Bible story tells us this, that God wasn't in that. It wasn't God. All this wind's happening and all this... And you're, he's thinking, man, I've seen this kind of thing before. I remember this. He sees the fire and he's thinking, and oh yeah, I know the fire deal, man. I watched the fire come and, and burn the sacrifice. And I've been to, I know this fire deal. And the scripture says this, God wasn't in that. And there's some of us that we do this. We're looking for him in the wrong places. We're looking for him in the wrong ways. And, and, and you even do this sometimes, and I've done it. We come to church and we're asking God to move in a certain way. And we base the success or failure of a service off of how God moved in a certain way. Let me tell you what success is. Success is hearing his voice. Success is hearing his voice. And it says that after all this craziness that went on, man, all the chaos, he's there and he's in this place and all this, the wind, the fire, the earthquakes, the rocks, man, mountains breaking around him. And a still, small voice. You know the greatest moves of God you can have are in your bedroom? Some of the greatest moves of God you can have driving down the road. Now, this is awesome. God ordained church. He, he ordained that. It's, it's his plan. And we should come together corporately as a body of believers. You bring in your measure of faith and my measure of faith, and we're putting it all in the pot, man, and watching God stir it and the presence of God just move on lives. But listen to me. You can hear his voice on your own. And I, this is what I, I love this, that this church is doing. We're teaching people how to follow Christ for themselves. I don't want you to have to be dependent upon me. I don't, I don't, because there, there'll be times I can't lay my hands on you. There ain't going to be nobody else around you to lay their hands on your prayer read. But you know what you can do? You can do this. You can pray for yourself. You know what you can do, man? You can do this. You can sit down in front of the Word. And this is what I love about Wednesdays and some of the things that we're doing by we're digging in and teaching people how to just stop and read and listen. You know what you can do? You can just listen. And this is what He'll do to you. He'll call you by name. He'll call you by name. And this is what's awesome. And this is why you need quiet time. This is why you need some time where you set it aside. Because listen, he may not be in all this stuff. Everything that's going on. He may be trying to get you separated from that. And he may use certain things to get your attention. He may have used those things to get his attention. I don't know how that played out. But God wasn't in those things. God himself was there. And God spoke to him. And he called him by name. Father, help us to listen. Help us to hear from you. And this is what's cool about our, 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 our Lord. 
You have a relationship with him. The Bible says this, that sheep know his voice. They know the shepherd's voice. They know it and they hear it. So, Father, open our ears today, Lord. It's been my prayer this week. God, open our ears today that every person can hear you for themselves. Every person in this room can learn to hear God for themselves. Again, do we do this and we need church? Is this supposed to be a huge thing? Absolutely. But I want you hearing from God Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. How much much more can we do for God if each of us are hearing him and operating in in, in literally the obedience of his voice ourselves? Let's stand together right now. Bow your heads for a moment. Just even before you play, guys, just 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 come up and just just hang out for a minute. I um I, I've, I've been in church my whole life. I have parents who who followers of Jesus, and nine months before I got here, I was already in church because I went every week with my mama. I know how to do church. I think sometimes we become good at doing church. Sometimes we miss it, really what matters. We miss the main thing. Hold instruments for one second. Just hold instruments for one second. I want to get us uncomfortable for a minute. don't know what to do with that in church anymore. You know, they, they gear and design church services and these people who put these things together, they tell you there can be no downtime, that there's, the countdown's got to hit just right and the video's got to come right back and the music. Those things are cool. and do that well around here. But sometimes I think we just don't know what to do. Got to open our ears today. Let us hear you. And I believe this. I, I, I believe there's, there's areas today that he may be calling you out of. I believe there may be areas he may be calling you out of. Just listen. Just If there's something he's calling you out of, the best thing you can do is listen. When he calls you out, step out. Maybe relationships. Maybe things that you're connected to. Maybe things that are going on. Listen, he's telling you this. He's saying, come out of that. For some of you have done this. For some of you, you have failed. There has been some mistake that's been made or whatever it is. And you've got off and you've done this. The best way that you know how. You've, you've secluded yourself. You've gotten in your cave. You've gotten in your own little world. And yeah, you come to church. And yeah, you clap your hands. And yeah, you smile. And yeah, you hug people. But deep down, listen, you're in that cave. And deep down, you've done this. You've built barriers. And as they were singing that this day, this morning, God break our walls down. Listen, that was for you. 
and the areas that you've built up around you and the things that you've allowed to come up and just somehow you've, you've we've made it to where we do this. We've gotten in that place and we've made the excuse and it's okay to stay there. Listen, God's calling you out. And there'll be areas that he's telling you to this this morning to just stand. I mean, you're thinking this, and I've got knocked down in that area. I tried to stand against that, and I got knocked down. Listen, he's telling you to stand. He's telling you, I've given you everything that you need today. I've given you every piece of armor that you need. I've given you every weapon that you'll need. He's telling you to stand this morning. There's some of us that just need to do this, just need to listen. Just listen. As the worship team plays now, I want you to do this. If the Lord's speaking to your heart today, I want to ask you to do this. There's some areas that God's calling you out of and whatever it may be. You know, God's calling me out. There's some areas He's killing you to just stand up in. There's some areas that you need to do this. You just need to hear His voice. You just need to listen. Bashi, I want you to come find you a place in the altar. Just come and find you a place in the altar. You stand or kneel, whatever that that, that you want to do today. Just for a few moments, guys, just keep that that flowing. In just a moment, we'll we'll go into some worship and we'll go deep. Deep as he wants to go. But right now, today, if if the Lord's speaking to your heart, I want you to find you a place and you just say, God, speak to Mark. I want to hear. And this is what he'll do. He'll, 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 He'll speak directly to you. He'll call you by name. He'll give you instruction. He did that for Elijah. He did that for Elijah. He spoke directly to him. And he let him know this. There's 7,000 more. Your work hadn't been in vain. Your work hadn't been in vain. He was letting him know that you've made a difference. He was telling him.